heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. So this notion of divided government, uh, I'd like to start in that place. And you now see what's taking place in our country. Uh, we now have uh, Mitch McConnell did succeed at staying as the um, leader, the, be the minority leader, of course, of the Senate right now. Uh, and because they lost the Senate again, uh, basically. But he was being challenged for the first time in quite some time from Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott. Uh, he, he got a few votes. I mean, it wasn't a slam dunk for McConnell, but at the end of the day, uh, McConnell uh, took it. And uh, as to be expected uh, in these kinds of stories, because a lot of these people, it tells you a story. They're not willing to make uh, a significant change. Uh, so they stayed with McConnell. Um, and, uh, and McConnell is really, most people would know him as, uh, you know, as an establishment player. I mean, he is, he, you know, we could argue back and forth, but he, he would define uh, probably, I think, for many anyways, the word rhino. Uh, and, um, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say that, but I think most people would refer to him as that. And then... We see what's happened in the House. The uh, Republicans have barely squeaked out uh, a victory there uh, and, and taken the House narrowly at this point. And and so now uh, McCarthy, who is being challenged or was with Andy Biggs uh, out of Arizona. And uh, again, so far with the committee, it looks like they're going to stay with McCarthy again. Many people would also consider Kevin McCarthy a rhino. Uh, so the conversation starts right there, and um, that in this corner we have Mitch McConnell, in this corner we have, you know, uh, Kevin McCarthy, and uh, so that's the establishment, kind of the status quo. Let me bring on now Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez with me, and uh, let me just ask you, Doc, that uh, this, uh, I, you know, I, I talk about these two, uh, the, this faction here of uh, in the Republican Party. What is your sense of that when it comes to establishment players? And you, you see a Mitch McConnell, you see a Kevin McCarthy. Uh, it's hard to get change or suggest we're going to change in any way when probably you're putting the same characters up there to lead uh, those bodies here. Talk about that a moment, please. McConnell and and. And all these other players, the rhinos or the neocons or whatever name we have for them, they they are they are the establishment, and they're unfortunate because what's happened. You can see that it, the 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 idea of the rhino that works with the with the left, quite frankly, is just another example, in my estimation, of all the infiltration that the left has done on American culture, on society, and on literature and cinema, and they've done it to the Republican Party, and they split them, they wedged them right through the middle. And for for us to think that these people are going to change now is is very naive. If anything, they're going to come in with a, with a kind of different vigor of thinking that they are in control. Nothing is going to change. The, the mm -hmm. vibe in the street, from what I hear, even young people, is that nothing is going to change with these two characters. We know that McConnell is in with all kinds of 
you know, China deals and things like that. Uh, and not, none of that is going to change. And I, I, I think they're in the way of real progress from real free spirits inside the or, you know, inside the Republican Party or the conservatives. I don't even think you want to call it Republican anymore in that sense. Um, so I, I think in many ways it's not going to change. And uh, I have no hope that uh, that it's going to change. And maybe it does. But I, I, I don't see any resistance to the left. The left the left is a manipulator and a half. And they know exactly what they can get away with. And so it's all about threats from the inside. And that's where these two guys that we've mentioned here are in bed with the left, not in necessarily in a in a perhaps a, a, hmm. a malfeasant way, but just in a cowardly way. So in the sense that you're saying that now, you're all I mean, if you really think about it, it, it it's almost suggesting that I, I guess in a sort of way that it's not divided government, really. I mean, if we're talking about a globalist uh, unit, a, a kumbaya, uh, the, you mentioned the neocons, it's all sort of that apparatus. I guess looking from that lens, we really don't have divided government, do we? No, I, exactly. I don't think there is un- united government, uh, uh, divided government. I, if anything, it's a unit government. It, uh, one thing looks like the other, uh, quite frankly. When, when, when the Republicans in this case, not the traditional conservatives, but they are afraid to, to confront the exploitation of children and the, the, the promotion of sex and all these other things that they get very ugly. When they're, when they're afraid to do that, you realize, well, who who is who is my who is who's representing the people here? Because that's not, that's not what the people out in the street want. So no, it's not divided necessarily. Is it's much more of a uni party, with with a fringe, you know, traditional conservatives trying to come in and thinking that they these people are romantic. Quite frankly, uh, I would say romantic in the sense that they're taking on this this establishment that is cynical and sinister. So in that sense. You have to be romantic because you have to understand you're getting into some serious, dangerous water there in everything from politics to culture to the to the church. Just think about what happened this week with the Mormon church. They've excited that they decided that they're going to accept the same same sex marriage and stuff, which you wonder, whoa, who, who is uh, behind this? Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that's a, that's a push that's being pushed again. A lot of energy being put into that uh uh, the same-sex marriage, and I even seen, you know, you talk about bringing up biracial marriage and all of that, but most people have moved on from these stories, but I guess the political elite have not. They continue to, uh, to, to drill down on that. And, you know, what's weird about those kinds of things um, is that we're talking a very small minority of the population, I mean, that make these stories so significant, but yet what does it really impact them? Like 1%, 2% of the population at that? Yes, yes, but but that's exactly the tragedy in this, that these things are not social political phenomena. These are cultural phenomena. And then by the time you get to think of it in the street, street language, you think it's political. The left says, no, it's not political. It's been culture for a long time and you accepted it. You bought into it. You just don't realize it. Right, right. All right. So the fact that back to the uh, the uniparty or the fact that it's, I guess, in the sense of that, I mean, we say Republicans, Democrats, but and this is an important point, because then if we're saying it's not really divided government, that it's all sort of that globalist uh, apparatus, which really is part and parcel of the problem right now is that America is the way I see it, uh, Dr. Pedro, is where America is being pulled 
uh, really screaming and kicking for the most part, for most of us, uh, into a new world order, a new global. I mean, it's and that's really, to me, been the struggle these past many years. And we've seen it building for a lot of years, actually, through Bush and Clinton and Bush and Obama. And uh, of course, Trump was resistant and pushing back and then Biden and Clinton, and they all sort of got a hold of it again. And we have this massive struggle on a world stage. You know, that's what I'm seeing anyways. And we're, and I, my, the visual I have in my mind, if I was drawing a cartoon on this, it would be that America was on the ground and dressed in red, white, and blue. And the globalists were pulling like America, like by the hair strings, like, you know, like this, you know, pulling, just, you know, on the ground struggling and over with the globalists over here. And there are those of us who are still resistant. Do you see my cartoon? No, I, I see the cartoon completely. I mean, it's, it's like a huge fist pu pushing down on you on the ground. And 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 the idea is if the, the globalist idea was just one more democratic idea, then you would let the people choose in this country and that one. But that's not what you're getting. What you're getting is in your face violence. It's violence. It's what they're giving human beings. And this is a, 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 a communist concern for the elites. And they have, you know, taken the mask off. It would, it would be that in the past, you had a communist party that was national and then became international. So international today will be globalist. But then what's the connection with the money? you got to follow the money. And so following the money will be that you get your five, maybe 10% of the elites, which understand that they will control this communist party of money. And therefore, by doing that, they are okay with the communist party of money, which we're going to call some form of uh, state capitalism. Um, where they basically usurp the money, the capital, out of the private corporations who happen to have been bought into that too because they feel that they will have some control over the people. So the people are the big losers. And any common sense view would say, what is the push here? And why does the push have to be universal? And the push has to be extremely coercive. Otherwise, let the people choose. Right. Let the people choose. That's... Uh... Boy, that would be a good campaign headline, I have to tell you, uh, Dr. Pedro. Let the people choose. Isn't that really what we want again, right? That's what it should be, that simple. They, these people, the McConnells, the McCarthys, uh, and it was even the Ryans and the Romneys, and there are so many of them, of course, and they're littered throughout Congress and throughout uh, the political scene. Do you think this this uh, collaboration with the Republicans or Democrats, do you think, is it that these people that dress up as Republicans that they refer to the as rhinos, really, uh, the neocons, is it that they're afraid? Are they afraid? Or is it that it's their agenda? Is it that they don't like the confrontation? Is it like that they just want to go along to get along? Is it that, what is it exactly the attraction to them, do you think? Yes, they're definitely afraid. And the reason that they're afraid is it's several topics. It's one of them has to do with the sexualization of the human being. Right there and then, you will get completely uh, blown out. And they are afraid. That's number one. And then they've been told, listen, if you don't rock the boat, you too have a piece of the pie. And then they will go for the piece of the pie. But no doubt about it, we have a nation that we do not have enough, let's call it courageous people, patriots, 
um, decent, honest human beings that are willing to take this romantic fight to this the, the, the syndicate. This is a mafia of absolute one world, you know, totalitarian government. And and so remember in the eighties, in the eighties, the whole the whole business with the the intellectuals, or definitely on the left, was the idea of don't judge, right? Don't judge. It was a relativism that must be pushed forward, meaning you traditional conservatives, obviously the big beef here was against the church. Uh, you people are now telling us what we should do. Let the people do what they want. So relativism. Now, relativism has completely kicked in so that now they completely broke the back of just about most of the traditional people, because you could see that they, they have no desire to fight or they don't even know how to do it. And part of it because of the violence and the coercion in, in, in their jobs and in their own per, private lives and in their neighborhoods, everywhere. So now the McConnells and people of the world already grow up in this kind of let's break their back. And so it becomes normalized to the point that government becomes a kind of a gas station where people come in and you just offer them a service. But quite frankly, this this cannot be sustained. It will it will have some serious repercussions worldwide. I think always in the past we've seen it, and some of the the, the repercussions will come ideally from from Europe. Uh, and, and I'm I'm mm. thinking France first, perhaps uh, uh, the the uh, the Netherlands, because there's no way you can sustain this oppressive world that we've created. Mm. Yeah, you know, I jotted the words down, mafia syndicate, um, the, a totalitarian government. But the mafia syndicate is um, something that uh, the, the man on the street can relate to what we're saying when we say uh, mafia syndicate and and the relation to this uniparty. All right, let's talk now about the 2022 midterms and the state of politics. Um, and uh, I, I, I guess the big question that People are really, I mean, if you want to dig down and look at what happened, why, what, what's the real reason, in your opinion, that the Republicans failed in the midterm? And, and assuming you think they did fail, uh, why is that? Yes, I, I, I don't think they failed. If you really see what is at stake and how the cards are stacked against any conservative, I mean, there are, there are people like uh, Chesterton and other conservative thinkers who have argued that conservatism in the 20th century can cannot win. It's going to have to be a niche understanding. There is no way that with postmodernism that conservatism can actually sell something for the world that we have, which is a world that is completely collapsed morally. So the Republicans, uh, or the conservatives, I should say, have won whatever they could win. Now, speaking politically, there were mistakes made and 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 these things. We know that McConnell moved money from places where he should have put money uh, to promote some of these people. But having said all that, having said all that, and I don't think it's a it's a total failure by any means. You are dealing with a a, a Goliath of absolute total disinformation, psychological warfare information warfare, working with the Chinese and all of these media censorship. How in the world does the average man, the working man, have a chance to win against that? Very complicated. But what has happened is that the culture wars have broken the back of Americans. And that's the reason we've lost. If you take places like Minnesota, with the destruction that has happened there, if you take places like Michigan, with the COVID lockdowns and the abuse of these people, if you take places like New York State, 
and obviously California, and you assume that there is fair voting, you you think that these people have voted for these decrepit policies or against anything that is halfway normative. Think about a traditional conservative. So if 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 we're looking forward, we have a problem. We, th there's that traditional view that says that 20% of Americans have no clue about anything. I'm very pessimistic about that. It's not 20. It's about 49% mm. have no clue about a damn thing. The history, the past, literature, science, nothing. You mm. could see it. You talk to them. There is absolutely nothing going on there. And so the left said, thank you. These are my peons. These are the pawns that I'm going to use. And so to win, it's not exactly easy to convince people. We're no longer in a climate, post-modernity, that you convince people with reasons and with what is good for you. So what we've seen in this last election in places like Pennsylvania is that people have cut their own veins just to see other people suffer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean that's uh, that's a um, that's a that's a deep but uh, but accurate uh, configuration of Pennsylvania. Uh, you, you just can't even make heads of what took place up there, um, and it, it really is a head scratcher. But it makes sense with what you're saying. You know, I'm thinking McConnell, McCarthy, and these these guys now that are going to lead the uh, Congress for the uh, Republican unit, as you say. The only thing I think then that they can accomplish uh, back to the 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 quandary I throw up there up front the uh, is that you know d this divided government notion which you come back and say well really it's not really a divided government it is a unified government if you think about what the objective really is um but I guess the McConnell and McCarthy and the fact that they are afraid which you've already identified and that's my assessment as well safe to say then the only thing they're going to be able to do right now is or the objective probably if there's anything coming out of this election is to slow them down that's about it because when they talk about like if you had had another round of pelosi and the unified government of the left and the marxist takeover of what's taking place here which is pretty out in the sunlight now uh, then that, that's the, so is that really the objective right now in these next couple of years is just to slow them down is that is that all that McConnell and McCarthy can offer us yeah I, I think I think if if in fact we 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 say that in fact there is a divided government and not as I said before a a, a uni party but let's assume there is a divided party divided party would be very good when you consider that the undivided party which is the the left has run down the country on purpose as a managed decline in every aspect of the of the of the of the of the world here in the in the sense that basically they broke in the spirit of the people i talk to a lot of people everywhere in airports and in schools and stuff and the people do not believe in this america run by these this syndicate so if these people the mcconnells and 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 mccarthy's are going to actually do something about it, they have to be divided and say, you can no longer com continue with the dismantling, dismantling of this country. And maybe that we buy some time, people buy some time to see that the rot doesn't go deeper. And that would be the idea of a, a that that would be a good thing, the divided party. But I'm not convinced that you're going to slow them down that much. They're just going to change the, the, the hues, the colors of things in the McCartney McCarthy's and, and, and McConnell's of, of that of the party will just go and agree with more spending and more nonsense. Yeah, they seem to do that. I mean, this is, again, that's what I was seeing when, when I mentioned earlier, uh, Dr. Pedro, through the Bush, Clinton, Bush, 
uh, and that's when the government was really unleashed. Now we're what an excessive thirty-one trillion, and with all these uh, social programs and social welfare, and and what you just described a moment ago uh, could be. I mean, uh, to me, that's the dumb and down of America. They have been successful in the dumb and down of America. You say forty-nine percent. Some suggest twenty, but you say, well, that's even being a little too uh, generous there. It's at least forty-nine percent. So half the country is completely illiterate to what the truth is, is, is what you're saying. In which case, uh, the only thing we're really looking at, you know, it's I, I wake up days lately, and there's so much doom and gloom, and my thinking of what's taking place in our country. I've actually looked at my wife a couple of times and I, I've said to her privately and I've said, you know, I, I haven't said it on broadcast. And of course, I probably shouldn't say it now either. But I looked at her and I said, well, potentially it's time to start looking for another country. And she'll look at me and, and look and she'll say, why do you say that? She said, we're not going we, to. Uh, and I'm, of course, I'm looking at her saying, you know, what, what's our next move? Because, uh, you know, people like me are so dissatisfied with the direction of our country. It's, it's just the a definition of stupidity. And what's taking place right now. And but we are we're the exception to the rule right now, aren't we? Yes, we're the exception, continue to be the exception. But but let, let, let's take a look at that. If you if you take take a look at what, what happens in Europe in terms of hope, you have Hungary and you have Poland, mm-hmm. uh, and they're taking on the globalists, and you have traditional Portugal, which is probably the last bastion of real Orthodox Christianity. Spain has gone to the dogs in that ca- category. Uh, and then Latin America would be the same. But but if you think about this word that, that we're looking for another country or this and that, it doesn't matter because the chips will all fall. This is the grand scheme, the one that they want. When this one falls, everything goes really fast, really fast into a real dystopia, a very dark night. But but quite frankly, mm-hmm. my, my take on all this is when we take this word existential, the, these, these pundits, and quite frankly... Uh, Malcolm, we have so much talk in this country. It's, a, it, I guess, it's the way that people do it. There's so, so many empty people talking, empty vessels talking nonsense that everybody has gotten used to them. For example, this word "existential threat," we hear it everywhere. Everything is an existential threat. If you take China, it's not an existential threat. It's a military and economic threat. It's a psychological threat, and and, and it's an info wars threat. So existential, the the word itself from the existentialist thinkers in philosophy of existence has to do with individuals. Life is existential, like you and your wife conversing about these things. That's existential. It it is something that you are uh, uh, dealing with on a personal level. But the existential crisis is not existential in a political sense. It's existential in the sense that the people out there have lost all belief. And now the last thing that they lose belief is in the political, in the social political. But who cares if you are a leftist? The leftist says, are you serious, Gonzalez? This is really going on? This is your take on thing? Exactly. We have done what we wanted to then. We have broken the backs of the people. And this is the reason that the dumbing down is not just a dumbing down. It's on top of that. It's a spiritual and moral collapse of the human person. Because when you see people and you talk to people and people have no concept about what's going on in in, in reality, you have to think, what happened to the human person? I'll give you an example. The other day, the airplanes that collided in the air show, the classic air show in Dallas. There is a video of people standing or driving by and watching these airplanes, the, the P-63 hit the uh, the uh, the B-17. 
And there is a woman uh, uh, on audio, and all she can say is, from what I've, I've heard it clearly, she goes, oh, wow, look at that, two airplanes crashed. Oh, wow. And there was like laughter in the air, like, oh, my God, this is like a show. There is no capacity in that mm. person that I saw to say what horror. In a previous America, people would have said, oh, my God, cross yourself. Uh, God bless them. I hope they're in heaven or God, you, you see my point. But no, what we see is, oh, look, it's more, uh, you know, some more social media videos to send out. That is the reason that you have Pennsylvania and New York electing these 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 totem poles. That is a uh, quotable quote right there. We are speaking to uh, Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez. And uh, wow, gives you a lot to think about, doesn't it, my fellow Americans? An awful lot. But it awfully makes a lot of sense as well, I have to tell you, when you look at this thing as to where we're really at. Now, the struggle for for me personally, and that I really and I'll talk to I'll talk to him about this in the program here, is that uh, I'm an optimist. I believe so much in our nation that, uh, you know, I believe red, white and blue. And so it's uh, just a conversation like this. It actually sickens me. And even right now, I mean, I could uh, truthfully just bust right into tears at this moment. You know, it just makes me ill, it makes me um, very challenged, you know, to uh, to understand what the path forward is of this great nation. You know, we're living through some incredibly perilous times and some times that um, historical uh, by all imaginations, it is a very, and I said this years ago to y'all, it's a very historical moment of time. And I said, actually, count our blessings that we're here to fight the fight and that we have this amazing opportunity. Now, I, I do believe good wins in the end, but what's the destruction along the road when we get there, till we get there? And what have we done uh, to put up a good fight as we're supposed to do, which we are doing again? That's why I often feel like the wind is at my back as well at America Out Loud because we are heavily invested in God Almighty. And uh, that is the purpose of the mission and the path and the platform here. It's the whole reason why it came out of really nowhere. And it, there was a point to this. It was to fight the oligarchs and uh, fight the, uh, the this media class, which is entirely destructive of uh, just dystopian thinking people on a, on a global scale there to just purport lies to the American people. And as Dr. Pedro was saying, you know, half of the country believes that crap. Uh, they digest it and it becomes part of their, their unit, you know, their talking points and all, you know. And so we are in some challenging times when we talk about our uh, children, our grandchildren, and what are we leaving for them? Um, should give you a lot of uh, a lot of deep questions, my friends, and how to save the union at this point. It really is a, a Paul Revere moment, isn't it, of our nation? It is, uh, you know, we're we're here, you know, we're every day on on the horse and trying to remind people they're they're coming. All right, they're coming. Evil is coming this time. It ain't the British, but the evil is coming. The evil is coming. The evil is coming. The evil is coming. The evil is here. You know, sadly, with all these things. So. Now the fight continues on. You know, you either you either continue to uh, push back, or you become part of the the, the project apparatus to uh, to to reinvent uh, the the nation and the world as we know it here. It's this classic fight of good and evil here. So, 
that's the conversation today as we talk about all of these things and, and what I've titled. Now you see why I've titled this, not even knowing where we'd really go today, but I know it'd be a great conversation. Building a bridge over troubled water. Uh, wow, we've certainly defined the troubled water at this point, and there's plenty more troubled water to talk about. Building the bridge is the question uh, that we need to, uh, to, to really ask about and, and relate to friends. We're going to take a quick pause here, and we'll join back with Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. And we join you back here, my fellow Americans, uh, on The Voice of a Nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, uh, yours truly, and uh, always a privilege to be with you. If I haven't told you that once, I haven't told you that a thousand times. I haven't told it to you once, have I now? You know, something like that, right? Uh, but it always is a privilege to be talking to you. And uh, thank you for joining us on the mission here. Uh, building a bridge over troubled water. And, uh, you know, I seen a uh, comment, uh, and I think you could relate to this. Joining us on the program here again, a very interesting uh, conversation up front in the broadcast, uh, Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez. He's a professor of philosophy, by the way, at Barry University, Miami Shores, Florida. Uh, writes just a terrific thinker, a, a thinker. That's what I really like more. And I, I just love thinkers that get us unconventionally outside of the lines a little bit, you know, which is, I think, where we got to be to be able to fix the problem. You have to understand the problem to be able to have a shot at fixing it uh, clearly, you know. Uh, and so that's why we're up around 80,000 feet today, uh, looking at all these things here. Uh, there was a, a quote I seen on my platform, 
on America Out Loud uh, from uh, Dr. J. Lear, actually, who's always a great uh, thinker himself, uh, but uh, optimist for sure. I don't know what he would do about this conversation we're having today because he he uh, he, he would give us 10 reasons why we're wrong. <laughs> Probably because, you know, Dr. He's such an optimist, Dr. J. Lear is, if you've heard him on the broadcast anywhere, and that he would probably give me, you know, 10 reasons why, you know, that he has another view on this thing. I mean, th- there's a fine line, I guess, between being an optimist and na- naivety, I guess, right? Not being a realist, uh, right? There's a very fine line. Let me read you that phrase first, then you can talk about that. He says, the, the prevalence of the left's worldview is an illusion constructed on lies told over and over by people in positions of power, authority, and influence. When the left's sacred tenets are questioned, belittled, or mocked, their legitimacy unravels quickly. <laughs> what do you say about that? Well, that's that's 100% right. It's, it's, it is a, a predicated on disinformation and, and evil and... and 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 confusing the human beings but the human beings have to have institutions that they can fight from and that's where the naivete may be kicking in or the realism if you take away the education from high school students and college students and you've taken away the churches and you've taken away all of these other institutions this this quote that you that you just read which is completely correct doesn't have an outlet doesn't have a, a fight so the the idea is that you will make everything political and the people think, and this is again more naivete, that they are doing something because they went out to vote. And now one pushback to the ideas of these, these, these McConnells and McCarthy's and people is to see if you can start changing the institution, see if you can have an impact on the yeah. Protestant church and the Catholic church in the United States and, and, and the universities and the high schools. And, oh, and, and how about the FBI and the CIA and the well, government agencies? How about we start I, there? Absolutely. That that would be a political fix. That would be a political fix, clearly. But but even then, these individuals already come from a demoralized personal view of reality, yeah. which is super cynical. And of course, they end up in these positions that they corrupt more people. So, yes, that's a political fix. But you still have yeah, correct. But you still have to fix the institutions of thinking, of feeling of emotion, of deep thinking and, and feeling and get people back on um, on, 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 on questions of, of, of importance rather than on drugs and tattoos and, and, and the idea that the one little early vote is what makes a difference. So that's where I'm a realist. And we look back, we look to the 80s, we look 90s, we look, and we do not see things improving. We do not. Just think about what's going on with the youth. You, you, you've got massive suicides. You have massive depravity. And so my realism is you need to get to these people at a cultural, spiritual level. Yeah. I mean, th- that is powerful what you're saying. And it's a great reminder. I, I love the fact that you you, uh, you you remind all the uh, political aficionados who say, and it's so accurate. I mean, it just makes me think here. I mean, you know, okay. Yeah. Fixing just the government bureaucracy. You say, that's the political. Okay. That's one part of that. Yes. But is that going to fix the problem? No, Malcolm, that's not going to fix the problem because the rot goes much deeper. The rot goes into the people who got into those positions that were rotted through all these other institutions, the cultural, so, so, societal uh, institutions, which 
is really where a lot of this cancer, it's all where this cancer is from. You said up front of the broadcast, uh, I made note, conservatism can't win in the 21st century against postmodernism, point in context of what we're talking about right now, broken the backs of the people, not having any of the institutions to rely on because it's all filth and lies. And then basically what I just spoke about here, when lies become gospel and people believe this stuff, like it really is a thing, uh, then we are at the point, as you just say also, that, uh, I mean, you know, the the, the, the future of, of, uh, of mankind, of humanity, uh, when America falls, it's a quick decline to a dystopian future. That is the essence of what I think we understand here. And America, in our lifetime here, Dr. Pedro, right now in our lifetime, right now, I mean, we're living in this moment when this thing is collapsing in front of us and nobody is doing a damn thing about it. Yes, you, you know, you know, the, the, the part of the part of the speeding up of this destruction since the 80s, I, I entered high school in 1980, uh, is the electronics and the com computational reality of 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 giving people lives. If you had some moratorium on the social media and the satellites in space that are doing all of this, social media and phones and stuff, you could, in fact, quickly bring people back to a more homely, for lack of a better word, world and life where there's reflection going on. But the social media is what it is. It's destructive. The analog world allowed you to think. Because if you think about a Caterpillar machine or a John Deere machine or a Boeing 747, these are these are machines. These are mechanical machines. That That's the modern. But the postmodern is an intellectual attitude that says there is or can be no narratives. Now you add that you you add that belief that 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 nihilism to the massive spreading of that through electronics, and the left just found themselves in the most privileged position in the world because they can do the damage that they could never do before because they had to get to people's souls, but now they can get them through this massive disinformation and censorship, and the conservatives are not dominating that narrative. No, no, no. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I've always remarked on that is that, uh, you know, the Marxist left, uh, they, you know, I hear all these uh, conservatives, Republicans, patriotic Americans, whatever you want to call them, and they, they want to say what happened, what happened. Well, we gave it all away. I mean, all the institutions you just mentioned, all the educational system you just mentioned, all the network televisions, all the social media oligarchs, all the network media, all the newspapers in America, uh, all the fabric of everything people are living, breathing, seeing, thinking, uh, they swallow it whole. And when I ask what happened, why, why? They always say, well, well, Malcolm, well, come on. The Republicans are out making money. Yeah, oh, okay, it's called capitalism. Yeah. Oh, they're out busy raising their families and stuff and they're making money. And so they weren't worried about that other stuff. I mean, that's the answer I actually get back from people, if you can believe that. Yeah, sure. But 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 the left, the left, the, the, the left loves money more than your country club Republicans. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. They they have they have <laughs> taken they have taken that Lenin idea that they're that, that we're going to give you the rope that you're going to hang yourself with. And even Marx said 
were going to turn capital against itself. So the left knew that. The country club Republicans knew that. But the problem with the country club Republicans is that they're not real conservatives. They are not moral, spiritual conservatives. They are not believers. They're not Catholics. They're not Protestants. There's none of that. So they just become people who are conservative with their money. I mean, who is not conservative with their money? The left loves that. So so the problem then is the conservatism with the capital C, the conserving of the past so that we can continue to create a better future based on what has worked before, the wisdom of the ages. That is gone. And the left says, thank you, because I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in power. And power means you cannot have a memory that is longer than 10 minutes. And that's the world that we created with people, I would say, people under 60. Um, that's that's the world we have. Mm -hmm. And that's a very nebulous future. Unless something gives and we do not, in this conversation, can foresee it because we can't. It could be economic complete collapse. It could be a catastrophic who knows what asteroid hit the earth or something. Or maybe just a real ground, ground swell of actual people saying we're not taking it anymore. And I don't even want to think what that would look like. But something has to give. Well, let, let's bridge now forward. You mentioned social media, media. Where, and I want to talk about the suppression of dissent uh, right now and talking about the information uh, war, the information war that's out there, which is part and parcel, the collapse of all these institutions and the dumb and down of America, which has been successful, which is how and why I think you would agree or, or well, let me ask you that question. I, I would assume based on this premise of what we're speaking about right now would be the reason why it's fashionable and acceptable to elect a, uh, a, 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 a Fetterman, a John Fetterman in Pennsylvania uh, and a Joe Biden in the presidency, clearly two individuals who are not up to any particular challenge to run mosquito control in a local community, rather alone a major body of government here. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And when one one, you know, to be to be fair, let's let's say that one of the fixes has to be fast and it has to be no early voting. You cannot have voting season. They <laughs> vote for four, 50 days. Yeah. They they bust people from from under the ground, I think. You yeah. cannot have voting. They cannot win if they just vote same day as say France does. They will not win. They cannot win. So now let's talk real politics. Forgetting for a moment the existential and so on. If you stop the voting early, these people cannot vote because these 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 people on the left, they have to be coerced into voting. And that's that trickle effect. Let me see if I can get them to go vote for 50 days. Because right now, but, but hold on. Now, with that said, I love what you said because it's very accurate. There, there's this this voting season that they put together, which was under the guise of COVID, but it's been coming on for a long time, and now they're making it part of their agenda. But you've got a lot of sympathy. These are states. Every state is is they decide. And you've got your blue states and red states, and the blue states are embracing these policies. There are no guidelines. First of all, we're not, I'm not ever suggesting that any of this stuff is federalized or, uh, you know, to any degree. We're trying to get education away from the federal government. We certainly don't want to make voting there. But as far as having some guidelines, how does that look like to you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Guidelines for the, the United States of America, I guess, really, I mean, there's guidelines or suggestions, but then versus, again, making it a bureaucracy, again, federalizing it, or then you leave it to the states to decide, and all the blue states, which they've already done, are going to go the way they're going, which is making vote in the season, and those states will never come back red again. What's the answer to that problem? 
Well, I mean, I mean, yes, if we if we, we, we want to practice federalism, we're going to let the states do that. And maybe in the future, we will have turnarounds in places like Minnesota and, and Michigan and, 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 and say New York State. Perhaps that's that's the hope. And that's going to have to be with elected people changing that. Uh, and but because there has been some pushback on that, as you said, and the, the red states have, have, have done that. I, I don't know that I agree with the idea that it cannot be federalized if, if because okay. if you federalize this and say this is one of this is one of those things that is clearly perhaps even un, unconstitutional, you, you, you can do it from the top down. And of course, the left is trembling because they're never going they're, they're not going to win. They don't have the numbers, even though they have more mm. voters. They don't. They don't. So have the even numbers. even though we say you bring up a really good point, I've been struggling with this, frankly. I've really been struggling with this, and you, you, so I, you're you're telling me that we don't necessarily need permission, even though we're not big government people, even though we don't want to federalize all these things, and we believe in the Tenth Amendment and federalism. You're telling me. We don't need to ask for permission to say this is one particular area that should have some sort of guidelines for the United States to be able to conduct their elections. Oh, absolutely. That is the work of the Senate. And uh, that is the work of the Senate. Just take that. That should be done correctly. It's like if you take if you take Pelosi and all these people who don't do a damn thing. Think about what they could done could have done a long time ago and nationally with the breaking up of these 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 um these social media companies they 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 could have they they didn't want to do it think about the effects that they could have done with all the spam stuff that they're calling people at midnight at home and the feds don't do anything about it and they know what's going on so if people are blocking the calls and this and that and you got old old people in bed that, that, that are sick and they're calling and that's something that the senate the, the the government should and has to be addressed and so i don't see why you're going to allow for the voting season and clearly people with no papers and things like that. When in fact you need a paper to, you know, to, 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 yeah. to buy a BB gun in this country. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, uh, for this, uh, because you, you've, uh, you, you've got me thinking now because I, I haven't made that commitment yet to what I've been thinking. Um, but it, it appears now that you, you also uh, agree. I, I just think if we're going to be the United States, if that is a real thing, then we should have some sort of uh, conformity to the fact that we have a voting system that works. And so I, I think you agree with that. And I think I agree with you that this is the one area that should be, there should be a program. Because other than that, what do we have? We have chaos. We have the Wild West, which is what we have right now, right? Correct? You know? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and the internationalists, the globalists, okay. are buying time for the red states to outdo the rest of the nation and there is your massive political collapse it hasn't happened yet but they're working very hard by having places like new york demoralizing human beings and thinking this is the future you're, you're talking about really getting to the point of i mean i think what you're to get to the point of having a that would be a genuine civil war moment yeah well they 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 the, the i mean the civil war moment is something that the left would love clearly why would they love that? Because they're in control of all the institutions. All, all they're going to do is give you martial law up the yin yang. So they, they're the ones that are promoting the civil war. Nobody here, a, a conservative, wants any civil war of any kind. But they've already declared war on the human nature and the human person, on the human babies, women, everything. So, But they would love for people to get social politically active in that sense. And, and, and so ironically and good, conservatives have not, haven't taken that bait. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me uh, the suppression of dissent. Let me read you a few headlines that I think are very uh, applicable to 
And I'd really like to understand your take on Elon Musk. Uh, he has surely made a stand here. Uh, people have questioned the fabric of who Elon Musk is. Is he a, you know, obviously most of me, supposedly on paper, the richest man in the world, or uh, I think that's being questioned these days a bit. But uh, so in any, he is an influencer at the very least. And, you know, is he part of the uniparty globalist one world apparatus or did he really have the means to get in there and do something because he thought he was better making the world a better place, which is really the uh, the, the statement he put out there. This is something I could do to give back. I've made a lot of money. I've got a lot of money. Here we are. Here's the investment. Here are the headlines. Listen to these carefully. This one's in Slate. Uh, the advertising industry is bringing Elon Musk to his knees, okay, because they're all pulling out of Twitter based on this conglomerate of what they've done. The Guardian says, Exodus continues at Twitter as Elon Musk hints at possible bankruptcy. Uh, another one from Fortune says, Musk says end in remote work is the only way to save the bird. There is a good chance Twitter will not survive the upcoming economic downturn. Another report I seen, Elon Musk to resign as Twitter CEO as Tesla investor sues billionaire. And finally, Fox Business says Clinton linked dark money group targeted Twitter advertisers amid Elon Musk takeover. What, what does all those headlines tell you and what's the real motive of Elon Musk? Well, I mean, e Elon Musk uh, not long ago was the wonder boy who was going to bring us, according to the left, the, the the electric cars, right? He was a wonder guy and he was working with the government and they were very happy with him. He discovers what's going on, that this Twitter business is no more than another censoring mechanism. And, and the ultimate one is the devil finally found electronics here or, 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 or computers and so on. And so Elon Musk cannot be spending all this money to the platform, the, the people that are that are oppressing others uh, because he's having fun with this, clearly. So if anything, there's hope there. He cannot be at this point, at this moment right here, this this talk. He cannot be a uni uni party guy because he's finding out, for example, in the when he when he starts dismantling this, all these bots. For example, let's just last week in Japan, the 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 Twitter uh, aspect of, of 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 Japan, they 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 started the taking down the uh, friend uh, the the uh, trendings. And they went from politics to now the Japanese are really happy that they're they're getting more anime, whatever the point of that is, and more sports. Before they were putting politics down their their, their noses, and so that's that's hope. That's more spontaneous. So if the people that are leaving in the the government, by the way, the FBI and the CIA and others, and they're leaving Twitter because they're upset because Twitter is is, is clearly working against them, it tells you there's a rat. It's been a rat for a while. So for now. We have to assume that Elon Musk is doing something worthwhile, and maybe other Elon Musk will buy more of these hmm. companies and let the people speak. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I endorse what you say there. Um, I think that in in retrospect, if Elon looks in the rearview mirror, he, you know, from a business sense, he's kicking his backside right now for this uh, investment uh, at the moment. Uh, dependent upon how much Play-Doh money he used for this purchase and how much it's going to, because he's taken a hit all over the place, including in Tesla as well. Uh, it's a tall order for him, isn't it? Yes, he is taking a hit. He is taking a hit. And I remember clearly 
Yeah. Uh, this man who was a darling of the left was no conservative, but they have pushed them. And that's the old saying that there are no conservatives, only leftism, which makes people into conservatives. He has had to come to the middle and to the right yeah. because they are alienating him. Think about what's going on with this other FTX business. I wanted to ask you that in the last few minutes here, Sam Bankman-Free. What do you think about that FTX? Well, wow. Well, I mean, what a coincidence wow. that he's helping the the left in the the, yeah. the 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 without quoting, you know, exactly the family members are with the world with the world uh, with the world the, the Davos party the economic forum, these are all on the left, but they're all millionaires, billionaires, gazillionaires. And and what a coincidence that they're funneling money through through the the Biden the Biden machinery. And all of a sudden you're not getting the news that Elon Musk is getting co collectively like meaning, meaning let's destroy this guy before he does more damage. That that's extremely sinister. Yeah, he. Uh, so this guy, he, the uh, the news reports on this, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried is uh, 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 he's a perverted uh, individual, to say the least, uh, socially, culturally, rather, you know, uh, yeah. uh, very strange fellow, uh, and a bit reckless all the way across the board. But the money the investors put in there, we're talking in tunes of the billions of dollars. And the money that has gone to the Democrat coffers, which they're attributing much of how they even were able to salvage the Senate, was based on a lot of these. Because we're talking big money this guy put in there. Never had it, but stole money. He he actually would be a Robin Hood. Uh, stole from real people. Uh, he did the reverse of Robin Hood, though. He stole from working people and gave it to the rich fat asses in the Democrat Party to pull out some uh, wins or stuff. Isn't that the picture here? That's the picture there. And then also he is buying influence from the Democratic Party for protection so he can make more money. Yeah. So they they both are in a marriage. And now, of course, it's all coming out. And all of a sudden they have to find out that he was doing stupid things that he didn't know what he was doing. There was just a yeah. boy playing with money. He yeah. was not. He was yeah. working for some evil causes. If you get down to it. Now, do they do they throw your your thought on that? Do they throw him under the bus? To, I mean, as I suspect they will at some point or do they? Do, do, do they keep this marriage going? Because it looks like it's lots coming out. Yes, it's, he's going to expose them all. So they're going to do a little dribble or a little dribble, uh, a little um, uh, information release here and there so that the story would just go away because he's going to do a, 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 a kind of <laughs> enlightenment about who is in with him and they can't have that. So now they just have to kind of make the story just kind of trickle out little by little and then we'll forget about it because they know, the left does, that everybody forgets everything here in 10 minutes. So bringing this all to a head right now, we we, we have an interest in, um, uh, we have some interesting narratives and conversations here uh, with, with all of this. Um, finish this uh, sentence uh, in a summary thought maybe. Um, if we're going to build a bridge over troubled water based on all the conclusions we came through in this broadcast here, we need to do the following. We need to take over education. It's my 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 main thing. We have to take over education and teach kids to read and write and to teach kids to be happy, to be contented and not to be sexed or or promoted as in uh, machinery for some greater political um, angle that somebody's behind all this. The kids cannot be depressed and, and, and killing themselves and all that because they have no center. 
They have no family life. They have no God. They have nothing to hold on to. Education is the main thing there, Malcolm. Okay. And within education, it's it's taken back the institutions. Yes, and I don't mean just graduating more people from high school and more people from college. I don't mean that. I mean an education that is a a, a life-affirming education, that it becomes the ground of being, of living, of, of, of being happy and contented, uh, and finding out your limitations uh, in the excitement like that. But but not just necessarily, you know, going and, and graduating more people from colleges and, and, and universities. Right now, for the last couple of years, it's two million students less in colleges and universities that we've had in the, in the past because they some of those ironically some of those decided they were not going to be indoctrinated or that the degree was too expensive and that it would do nothing for them so but but that's not the solution necessarily the solution is education in the sense of a of, of a ground of being where people can have a core a center that they go back to they don't have to go to therapies and all these other things amen amen to that uh, that is uh, Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez, uh, professor of philosophy at Barry University uh, down in Miami Shores, Florida. Um, you, you know, beyond this conversation and all that we've discussed here today, I encourage you to read his write-ins. If you go back to americaoutloud.com and go to our team and just go there, find his name under, under the G's. So you see all the folks there and click on there and you'll get some incredible um, uh, theories and thoughts. And um, uh, his essays are terrific. Uh, they're terrific to read. And, and, a, and a program I note as well uh, is we're now into uh, the holiday season. And I, I just pray and wish every single one of you listening to the broadcast and all of our uh, friends and, and uh, people we love out there just to have a joyous season, if you will, and celebrate and love all the things that you love in the world, that we might make a better world coming into the new uh, year, indeed. Um, there will be a, uh, a special essay on Thanksgiving, uh, depending when you listen to this, whether it's on talk radio or podcast, that will be published from Dr. Pedro Blas Gonzalez on America Out Loud. Uh, so look for that. And uh, I, I think it'll be very special, something you can uh, grab onto and uh, and really appreciate. And, and it's good that we do that through this season. My fellow Americans and to all of our amazing friends around the globe, I, I thank you sincerely for uh, being part of this talk. Uh, help us get this one out there. Very special talk. And uh, it's important as many people hear this as is possible. And that will require you to do diligence and to circle it out there, especially since things are so censored. And we don't complain about it. We just move forward each day that moves forward. But clearly, there's an enormous amount of censoring um, and shadow ban and, and other things that are taking place. We will continue on here and build that bridge over troubled water here. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. <laughs>